must have hated this moose. Why don't you forget the moose for a moment? Hey, brother, how are you? Another Sunday. Yes, and happy Father's Day to you. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you. Yes, one of those classic, uh, as you and I both know, uh, Hallmark holidays. Oh, yes, uh, my, my friend uh, and uh, long-time uh, known, uh, Justin, was like, so what are you going to do with your day? And I was like, enjoy the peace and quiet. <laughs> that's right. But that's like every other yeah, day. Exactly. I, I get I, this is this is every day for me. It's great. Hmm. So, um and we're we're already distracted. Well, yeah. We're off on Father's Day. We're not even talking about the show, which is uh so the the clip at the beginning, you know, remember just a, a little bit of uh you know, recall here. Uh the show takes a movie line and then we kind of we kind of blow it up and and get fancy with it and explain it and talk about it and and reminisce, you know, a little bit. So that clip, uh, Forget the Moose, is from Arthur, which is a 1981 movie uh, set in New York City, I, I suppose, uh, starring Dudley Moore and Liza Minnelli, Sir John Gielgud, who's an old Shakespearean actor from, from England, who actually won an Oscar for that movie as Best Supporting Actor. Well deserved, by the way. Yeah. He steals that movie uh, with not many lines at all. No, not that many. Uh, not that much. And uh, my guess is he probably filmed it in a half a day. I don't know, uh, including the death scene. So does he die in that one uh, or the next one? He does. No, he dies in that one. Comes back in a ghost in the uh, horrible, horrible Arthur two. Horrible. That doesn't sound horrible, Arthur. Right, too. but okay. Yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, great movie. A lot of one-liners, of which this is this is one of them, and I always uh, remember it because I'm constantly reminding myself and others when I'm in meetings and things like that to forget the moose. And and you know, essentially, the the other actor in the scene is uh, Bert Johnson, who, who is. Uh, Arthur's would-be father-in-law, and Arthur's focus is on this moose hanging in the the library in which they're talking, and and so it's about distraction. And who would have known back? I probably saw that movie right around like 1982, 1983 at the Dollar Theater, <laughs> uh, and and uh, I <clears throat> I loved it then. I still love it, although it gets a little long. But it's a great movie, in the beginning particularly, it's just a very, very strong movie. And and who would have thought that now that would be uh, the, the bane of our existence, is, is the inability to maintain focus. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's... I don't even... Uh, I don't even think about the distractions anymore, because it just seems like everything is... I don't know what the, the the sort of modern take is, you know, signal versus noise, and it's like I don't even know sometimes for myself which one's signal and which one's noise. Uh, wow, that that is some thunder. Speaking of moose, yeah. So that's going to come in on the <laughs> audio. We're all safe here for now, right? Uh, and so here in Knox County, uh, Tennessee, but. Uh, we are under a severe thunderstorm warning, I believe. I, I have found myself, uh, you know, having a harder time concentrating since um, all this kind of corona stuff started. I think that's been kind of a universal thing, is it's been, um, 
very distracting as a whole. I mean, the news is distracting, and then it was easy to get lost in all sorts of other things that weren't work or, you know, important things. Um, you know, I also had, I feel like I, you know, owe myself a little bit of credit in that I, I did just finish a, a dissertation just before that. So maybe I had been sure. super concentrating. And so it was kind of hard to um, come back out of that in general. But I think just to get thrown into the most sort of distracting thing of modern life, I would say, um, is, you know, it was quite a lot. But um, how do you mean it? You always seem like you have this, like, deep desire for focus that I don't... I do have yeah. a deep desire for focus. It, it is a... Uh, and, you know, I think your work is better when you're focused. When, when one is focused and not like drawn away from all these things because there's a there's a start stop restart kind of path right or process that you go through and I think the inevitableness of all that if that's even a word is that you lose focus and you lose the spirit of whatever you're doing right and so the there's that in and just in terms of quality and then there's efficiency because then you've got to ramp back up you've got to find your place you've got to get your thoughts so you lose traction where you were on this roll right and and the the my sense is is that we kind of going back to your earlier comment is that we we think the moose is normal now right we, we think it's normal to have all these mooses i think plural of moose is, is that moose. a word moose plural of moose is moose <laughs> i like mooses That's better fine. like geeses yeah uh but different uh so you, you've got all these moose <laughs> it just doesn't, it doesn't sound, sound right no it doesn't but uh we'll laugh our way through it we it's normal yeah Right, and you, you kind of said as much. You're like, well, I don't really know where the difference is or where the line is, and and you know, we're just we'll hop over to an email or a text or a phone call or whatever, or we'll just zone out because we're thinking about, I don't know, pick whatever Angry Birds or whatever game we thought we were in yeah. or song or thought or whatever, and I think we uh, we get caught up in that. And have gotten caught up to it, but but now it's become normal. And is that just how things are going to be? I suspect so. I suspect that that's just life now. And and so reading the text, wow, it's really coming down. Uh, can you hear? No, but that was perfect example of, of what we're talking. Yeah, distract squirrel. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we really need the rain here, by the way. But um, so. And again, one of life's many disappointments, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> or maybe my life, I don't know. Uh, but, but I'm just, you know, to say that, I'm caught up in it. Yeah. I mean, example notwithstanding, of course. Uh, or maybe standing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're recording a podcast, which is nothing but <laughs> Right, I need you to keep it here. Yeah. I need you to well, keep it Well, I meant it more here. that, like, just the process of doing it is almost a distraction in the middle of 
our day on Sundays, or, uh, or we're hoping it will be a distraction in the middle of other people's days if they listen to it. Right. So right, we're looking to disrupt other people. Right. Exactly. So I, I I'm torn because on one hand I think on my sort of scholarship side it does require intense concentration and intense like sitting with text and reading and writing all at once but I think for the sort of poetry side of things uh, it's much better that I am distracted in some ways because I think letting my mind wander is where that kind of creativity comes from for me or at least the style of writing that I generally do um you know, I haven't really tried the alternative. I haven't done the, like, David Lynch, like, you know, transcendental meditation, like, super-focused, like, style of writing. Um, although it's appealing to me more and more now, which is also highly problematic to me. But that's all right. Um, but I was... I was what, tra- huh? TM is more? Just, just the idea that that seems appealing to me is bothering me. Um, but it's... I, I like the idea of being able to push out uh, other things uh, would be would be really nice. I was just uh, telling uh, my spouse that it would be really nice if we could just take like a week this summer and just like no phones, no laptops. Just I mean we could watch like movies or TV or whatever, but like that's like the only thing that's happening. Or just reading or just playing guitar or whatever. And and then the next thought was like, well, how's anyone going to contact us if like something bad happens? You know, it's like it's like the it's like well, it'd be nice to disconnect, but there are limits to how long and what you can do. Um, you know, it's like we're sort of again. You're right. We are sort of designing the society that is just distraction. Um, but and and the sort of separate question is like to me is, do we need to necessarily be that? <laughs> The worst part is that's going to come through my headphones into my mic as well. Um, anyway, uh, where was I? Oh yes. Do we need to constantly be efficient? And I know that that's kind of the the model of the uh, Western, you know, capitalist society. It's like we always have to be ruthlessly efficient. If you're not using your every hour of every day to be productive, then you're a waste of society, you know space and society. And, I don't really subscribe to that, obviously, uh, you know, otherwise I, I wouldn't be doing what I do. Um, and I, I don't feel like we all, you know, need to be in that kind of constant, uh, well, I have to be working, I have to be working mode. Um, I think the brain does need some, you know, a lot of sort of filler space to just kind of do whatever. That said, it should be a, a, a change, right? That when you need to sit down and do something, you should be able to which is an ability I do think we've lost because it's easy to get pulled into 12 other things. Like you may say, okay, right now we're going to record the podcast and this is actually, you know, I'm not on my phone. I'm not on my laptop doing three other things is unusual. Like, you know, I very rarely have a moment where I get to sit and just say, I'm just doing this thing. And then to not, you know, oh, there's a, there's a text, or there's this, or, you know, dad needs computer help, or, or whatever else is going on. Um, that, I, I agree, is, is crucial. Like, when you want to be able to do it, you should be able to do it, and I don't think we can. Um, I also wonder, you know, how much this sort of plays into the 
pharmaceutical aspect of the society we're living in, and like how much how much they prescribe ADHD medication for this exact purpose now. I mean, I think that was relatively new when I was a kid. The idea of attention deficit disorders, and now it's what well, wasn't there when no, I was a kid. No, it didn't even exist until. I mean, I'm sure it existed in some form, but. Um, the idea of medicating for it didn't come about until, you know, I was past that age. Uh, I've never uh, been prescribed anything for that sort of thing. I've never felt like I needed to, but uh, I, I can't think of most people, I feel like most people I know my age and younger generally have been, uh, which is weird to me, but... Yeah, it, yeah, it's it, it's weird. I mean, certainly something has changed. Either our sensitivity to it has changed, or there's been some other environmental factor that's influenced yeah. our, you know, physiology and our our, our mental capacity uh, or in in inability to maintain focus. The 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 but the thing is is that the the environment is not helping matters, right? No, right. There are people putting moose <laughs> is moose out there everywhere. And and we are in a sense a party to that mm-hmm. to some degree. You know, that yeah, we, we don't like to be on the receiving side of it, but we all know that at some point we likely benefit from that because you know, our employer does it, or our university does it, or our government does it, or whatever. So we're on the on the receiving end of the good, right? The good moose and the bad moose. That's what we should have titled this, but it's not moose. over yet. Uh, it's not over yet. Uh, the, the what 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 really is alarming to me is that you, going back to something you said that you can't sit here like this on a Sunday, rainy Sunday afternoon, and just have a conversation with someone without getting caught up in a text or another phone call or another whatever yeah. distraction. And it's it's one thing to do it between two people. It's a whole nother thing to sit there in contemplation just on whatever you have going on in your own life. That's a, that's like a whole nother level. Yeah. I, I've talked to people about that. I'm like, oh, I can't even imagine. It's, I'm not saying that that's good or bad. I just, um, where have we uh, as a society come? How, how far have we gone, you know, up, down, over, whatever it is, to where that's not, we're not capable of that. Yeah. Right? And I'm sure if I took a poll... That's a much larger number, so I'm not I'm not picking on you, uh, or anyone for that matter. It it's a how does that translate then into our work, into our families, into the self management piece for ourselves? Well, I mean, I'll throw one more uh, aspect in there: is how does that sort of manifest in kind of a political sense? Uh, if we don't spend a lot of time wondering what our environment is like and I, I don't mean that in a like ecological sense necessarily but the, the world we right. live in if we don't spend a lot of time considering our, our individual situations 
how do we then sort of form a, a politic out of that? And I, I, you know, not to get too conspiracy theory driven, but I mean, I think some of that noise is by design for that purpose. Uh, you know, as I as I quoted a couple weeks ago, you know, who benefits from these things? Always, there's there's it's always somebody that's going to benefit from whatever issue uh, you imagine is going on or, the, or that is going on. And you know, I think in some ways, I, I don't want to point fingers, but I think there's definitely like someone or some group that benefits from the idea that we can't, you know, have that conversation without distraction. Uh, that we can't have moments where we can sit silently and contemplate um there's benefit to making sure that we don't do those things so i, I think that uh, you know there there is definitely some of that by design um and i don't know the best way to necessarily combat it because sometimes it just comes off as sort of an impossibility like i was just saying the idea of, of turning off the phone and the laptop for a week seems impossible um Maybe it would be the kind of thing where, like, you let yourself have, like, an hour a day, like, if you were, you know, like, yard time in prison or whatever, like, you get an hour a day to go outside, <laughs> and you get an hour a day to be on an electronic device, and that's it. But then but yeah. then we're, we're to the flip side of that, where people think you're crazy if you do something like that. Like, oh, he's one of those weird people that doesn't use his phone constantly. Oh, people people think, think I'm crazy, you're crazy, we're crazy for all sorts of things that fall outside the so-called norm sure. there was a there was a nice lady i don't know her name i think she was a new york times reporter or uh some such thing and uh of the jewish faith and so she used the 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 jewish sabbath mm-hmm. uh to abstain from all electronics mm-hmm. now this was probably a decade ago that i heard this story so at that time she had a home phone yeah so that's the only thing. So she had told every all of her loved ones, friends, all that, that if you have an emergency from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, yeah. call me on my home phone. Because mm. I, I take it she was practicing, you know, she, so she wasn't going anywhere. She wasn't going out. She wasn't driving. She wasn't doing any of that on Saturday. And so she was at home. Yeah. Uh, but she turned off her computer, turned off her phone, turned off everything that had anything to do with uh, as you call it noise and so I want to go back you said signal to noise which again uh, one of our other common favorites is Mr. Peter Gabriel right who wrote a song signal to noise I don't know when he wrote this but it's been a while and so the the lyric that most stands out to me uh, is all the while the world is turning to noise which is uh, what we're Oh, the more that it's surrounding us, the more that it destroys, turn up the signal, wipe out the noise, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the song is a very heavy song, right, if you've ever heard it before. And it goes back to this concept in electronics, signal-to-noise ratio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's not like it was born in his mind, right, but he took this very... Sort of physical characterization of signal and noise. Signal being the thing that, uh, you know, if you were to look at a sine curve, is a very flat, very tight curve, right? Very little movement around the the average. And noise is this, you know, up and down, and you're bouncing all over the place. That's noise. Yeah. 
And so there's a ratio that, that things, uh, as they're tested and, and, and reviewed, everything gets within whatever that physics framework is, a signal-to-noise ratio. And what he's saying is that the, the signal-to-noise ratio has gotten lower and lower as time has gone by, much less signal, much more noise. Mm. And, and so the, I don't know how to, uh, do I want to fix it for myself? Yes, I want to fix it. And so what I was going to challenge you with actually was let's, um, let's don our yarmulkes and in July, uh, so July the 3rd is the first Friday. Let's try to see if we can't go electronics free from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Okay. Uh, and just see if it, if it works. So you put your phone away, you put your laptop away, you put, you know, you put all that stuff away, I put my iPad away. Um, so that means no writing on Saturday for me. Mm. Uh, the only thing I would use it for, because I have my books on there, is for my morning studies. Mm. So for me, that would be the only thing, right? Uh, and so that was going to be my challenge to you to just see if we can cancel out some of the noise in our lives. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take that on. Um, yeah. I don't really have any particular challenges during that. I mean, in the sense of, uh, you know, other than my... You know, binging whatever on Netflix. Uh, I don't think there's any real. Uh, do do guitars count as electronics? Oh, no. excellent. Well, then I'm set. Okay, great. Yeah, no, I do. no. So you play you play an instrument. You want to play a sport. You want to. Yeah, I think games, gaming, and things like that certainly. Yeah, yeah. I would say is noise, yeah. right? Uh, but anything analog okay. is is. Is fine. Okay. I would I would say yeah. So it probably ought to be some ground rules, but you know the I, I found it easier to kind of I have it now because I wanted to you know pull up some facts for the show today, and I'm glad I had my phone with me. To, and plus it's not Saturday, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, I found it. I've been kind of leaving my phone alone yeah. um, on the weekends and just not having it. We'll just keep it in another room, yeah. of course. I have this thing. Oh yeah, which tells you, you know, yeah. my my handcuffs, and so that if a text comes in or whatever, it, it goes off, yeah. uh, which I can silence that as well. Mm. So I think it'd be an interesting experiment. Yeah, I agree. Um, just to have an electronic Sabbath, <laughs> uh, you know, once a month and and uh, not once a month, but once a week, yeah. and just and try to get back to signal right the things that you love to do, play the guitar. Uh, you know, uh, read a book, um, maybe write with a pen. Yeah, I mean, I do I do most of my writing by pen, so yeah. it's kind of nice. Now, I do, well, I use an electronic yeah. pen, and I write on, you know, I don't typically, I, ha- I was for a while, but I, I don't any longer. Yeah. So. I've got, still got my stacks of these things. Very I'm nice. I'm holding up a fountain pen for our listener. Yes. Listener for our listener, singular. Oh yes. Actually, you know we've had some good uh, good numbers this week. I'm oh, happy to say. I, I so. don't check the numbers. Yeah. So. You don't check the no. numbers. You know I'm a numbers yeah. guy. So. No, I, uh, I, I learned in book sales never to 
check the numbers. It's gonna always. <laughs> it's never gonna be good, you know. So, uh, question of the oh, week. Yes. Yeah. So you and I both had uh, the privilege, or <laughs> perhaps not so much the privilege of of living in a lot of different places. And I don't know who the winner is. I don't know. Uh, we could do some math. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we could do some math, but, you know, you left, uh, you were in Athens in what, 92? No. Ni- 92. You're, you're a decade off, bro. I, I went to Athens. Oh, 2000. 2001. Sorry. I went to Athens in 2001. 2001. Yeah. I'm, I'm old. Um, yeah. Uh, 2001. And, and so, and then you've kind of bounced around and, and so forth. What 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 kind of impact has that had on on you and on your spouse and and uh, you know again different living arrangements and even crazier than mine yeah. and and so I've always been curious and, and you know we've managed over those years to kind of catch up with one another you know kind of two ships in the night kind of thing mm-hmm. and you know here or there but it, it's had to have had an impact and and now it looks like you perhaps found a spot yeah. Uh, I've thought about this a lot, actually. Um, so the first place, so we were in Athens um, in 2001 to 2005. And then just, to, I guess, a rundown for our listener. Um, so Athens, so I went to college. Um, and then my wife got into a PhD program at the University of Iowa. So we were there from 2005 to nine. I got into the MFA program at Brown, so Providence, Rhode Island, from 2000. Nine until twelve, um, and then we were in Georgia for about six months, and then we were in Connecticut for six months or so when I was living when I was teaching in Rhode Island, um, and then we were back in Providence until twenty fifteen. So that's been the longest stretch, minus about a year, um, two thousand nine to fifteen, and then normal for four, um, and then this has been a year. So. Um, I would say the first immediate thing that I can think of is I wonder how much money I have blown on like frickin' license plates and, you know, <laughs> uh, inspections and this and that and the other things. And uh, I kind of laugh about, about that. And moving expenses. That's like the immediate oh, yeah. how much money have we spent moving, um, which is a lot. Uh, don't do the math. Um, highly, don't do it. Um, but then, I mean, I, you know, I don't have a terrible time making friends, but I generally have very few that are very close. Um, you know, I think there's like a couple of people per place, almost, is how it works. Um, you know, from the, from the Iowa City days, we've got one or two friends from there, uh, one or two from Normal. The one I had from Providence sadly passed away so that's kind of out um so i mean i would say that's the sort of immediate impact is you're never really in anyone's life long enough in a like direct sustained way um so that's been you know considering the first 18 years were in one place like hyper stable um you know it's that's been a shift from there that now I've gotten the next 18 have been all over the place. So, um, that's, I would say that that's the main thing is like, I, I, I have friends, but I don't, 
you know, I cultivate friendships, but they're not necessarily very, you know, they're either super shallow or they're the kind of thing that it doesn't matter where we are. Um, you know, uh, kind of like having a brother. It doesn't really matter if we're on one coast or the other or wherever. We're still brothers, so we're good. Um, but I would say that that's the main kind of impact that I've noticed. Uh, I had not really thought about it very deeply until I went for um, one of my childhood friend's weddings. And, you know, it, you know, there were these people there, and I had gone to high school with a lot of them, and he was still friends with all these people. Um, and I was sort of out of touch with most of their lives, and they were like, where do you live now? And, you know, that kind of weird thing, because they all live, you know, within Metro Atlanta. Um, and there was this sort of sense of like, oh, wow, these are very different people. Obviously, they've continued growing, I've continued growing, but we're not really in each other's lives. Um, and, and Justin, who was getting married, was like, you know, he's like, in a sense that you, he said to me, or I actually think he said to mom and dad, it's like, well, you know, Amish abandoned us. And I had never, it never occurred to me that it, anyone else felt that way. Um, I don't necessarily feel that I have, um, but maybe you kind of do, you know, maybe that life path when you kind of keep moving, you're kind of constantly abandoning people. Um, my friend, uh, one of my friends at Normal, Ben, we would joke from the day that we, we became sort of friends, it's like, well, you know, this is just temporary, like, we're just going to be, you know, once we leave this town, we're, we're done, we're not going to talk to each other anymore. You know, we, you know, it was like we knew because he had been doing the same thing where he'd been sort of moving a lot. Um, and of course, we talk every day, you know, so it's because we're just sort of all like, well, any, any minute now we can just pull this report and be done. We don't have to talk to each other. Right. Again. So it's like you keep it going just to keep it going. But um, I would say that's the sort of main sustained thing. It has been I, I don't know if that impact has been positive or negative. There's sometimes a little bit of like. Um, selfishness, I guess, or a little bit of mercurial nature that comes out of it. Maybe a little bit of cynicism that's like, well, you know, who really cares? Uh, you know, there's not really anyone that's going to be impacted on a on a day to day basis uh, or a long term basis by certain things, and that's not really true. But you sort of end up in that mindset. Um, but I, oddly, not that it's your week, but I mean, you've done sort of the same thing. I mean, you've also moved quite a lot. And... Yeah, mo- moved quite a bit. And, you know, that uh, has had more profound impacts, I think, on on our on our daughter than than on the two of us. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've, you know, gosh, fairly stable, you know, upbringing. Uh, kind of Tennessee back in the early 90s, back to Georgia, bounced around Georgia a little bit, up to Ohio, New Jersey, and then back to Tennessee, oddly enough. And so, uh, and then, you know, seven or eight trips to India in the middle, and, you know, uh, so it's interesting, and I think kind of throwing the ball back over to you, you know, this is... Uh, two kids that are, are the offspring of parents that left their homesteads mm. 50 plus years ago, right? 51, something yeah. like that. Years ago, uh, to, to move to a new country and new lifestyle and new challenges and all that good stuff. Was it inevitable, right, that we were going to have this 
sense of one way or the other, you know, have this very, you know, be, be drawn to a very stable, going to stay in one place, or we're going to have this sort of kinetic energy, frenetic energy around wanting something different all the time and where does that ultimately lead us, mm. right? Or has it just been the cards we drew and that's just how it goes, yeah. right? Did we, did we look for it? You know, I think, to, so even when, you know, uh, I guess I'll take the ball back up for a second. Even when we were moving around, I was traveling within that moving around, yeah. right? So I was, I was on the road doing consulting work and whatnot. And so, you know, it was, it was a tumultuous probably 10 or 12 years from, you know, maybe 2000, uh, 1997, 98 up till about 2010. Uh, and, you know, and then you started moving and then we were constantly trying to connect. Yeah. But getting, getting back to the, you know, this is this, you know, I know it's not genetic, but, you know, what what did we... What did we gain from our parents moving halfway around the globe? You think that's had an impact? I, I, th- or, or I think it has, and um, I, I will say the way that I, I, I think of it now, which is I think it removed the obligation to be stable. That, like, we didn't really, like, they didn't stay back and do certain things, therefore we're free to not do those things, um, which I think they sometimes find surprising. Um, they're like, well, why aren't why aren't they here, helping us do these things? Get old, and it's like, well, you've also not done those things. So why are yeah. you surprised? Um, <clears throat> so I mean, I, I think that's the immediate thing that I feel is part of that is like, well, we're we're free to go and do, you know, go west, young man, kind of thing. Like, you know, keep keep moving. Um, and at the same time, it's not like we've moved that far in comparison you know so i mean we're we're within you know a day's drive or or a couple hours in your case um just a reminder um but you know it's just (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) but uh, i don't know it's it's uh it's i feel like that's part of it is like you know just just follow your you know path wherever it's going and, and not stress it um I, I wonder, I, I wonder if we, we asked our parents now, how, or at least, I would say at least dad, since dad had the more agency in this choice um, than mom did, that I wonder how much he felt at the time he was sort of getting out of those obligations, getting out of those sorts of things. Of course, dad came from, like, there was nine of them, so <laughs> uh, pretty easy to sort of escape and, and maybe no one would notice, but... We don't have that, obviously. Um, but I don't know. I, that That's my sense, is that uh, the, the, what I said, like the hyper-stability of my first 18 years has been matched with the lack thereof in the 18 after now. Um, which I, I haven't minded, but I, I definitely, there was definitely talk between uh, Jen and I for this, like, we wanted to move and then, you know, Hopefully we have the luxury of being in this area long-term now. Um, <clears throat> whether that changes in 10 or 15 years for, for other reasons, you know, in terms of career things, obviously that's totally fine. But for the next few years, like, we, you know, 
we're actually having those grown-up discussions of like, well, do we, you know, what area do we want to buy a house in? Which was not a discussion that we had really had. Not, of course, we never had any money, um, but you know, now it's like we actually can imagine being in this area uh, for some time. So, um, you know, there is the, there's still a desire towards that kind of stability. Uh, whether or not it will come now that we want it, I don't know. I, I certainly hope so. Um, but there's, I think that was the sort of thing that I understood from growing up was that like I don't really owe anybody anything and that maybe has made me the kind of person that abandons people I don't know um, but I don't necessarily feel like I have an obligation to do anything specific um, not that I don't put obligations on myself but like I never felt like I had to well I've got to be home or I've got to be doing this or I've got to be doing that uh, I've never, I've never felt that way. I think it's pretty evident from my track record at this point. But well, I think it's interesting to, and I don't, I didn't really tie the question to the topic of the show, but mm. I think it's interesting to think about, you know, this this sense of focus and stability, and then really, you know, come back to yourself and and ask, have we become the moose? <laughs> Is <laughs> Just a note to say that this podcast is available from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify.